Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Hey, thank you so very, very much. Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America. And uh, wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem America. Today in the What's Hot Spotlight is actor, model, and entrepreneur, Mariam Basir. She's the star of the All Black Network's Lace, and you've seen her on television shows such as Law & Order SUV, The Shy, Chicago PD, Empire, and more and in films with superstars Denzel Washington and Wesley Snipes. So, it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say that my special guest, Miriam Basir, is What's Hot. Hello there. <laughs> Hi, G. Keith. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you so very, very much. It's such a pleasure to have you. I know you're, you're a busy lady with all of the... Uh, the uh, jobs and things that you're doing, uh, and I, I, I welcome you. So, thank you. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. How have you uh, been holding up uh, during the uh, COVID and post-COVID? Uh, how has it been for you? Um, it's been. It was definitely a challenge at first, and um, you know, just like everybody, it was a major a huge shift and transformation of like lifestyle for everybody. And um, it took some getting used to, but I think that my industry adjusted very quickly um, by doing uh, so we, it turned into like auditions in person and castings in person to like self tapes, which already are done are pretty com were common in the industry. Um, like if you're doing something that's like from LA or somewhere, you know, that's not local. So we were already used to doing self tapes, but now self tapes turned from like 15% to like a hundred percent. So <laughs> you had to like really amp up your self tape skills. Um, over the pandemic, uh, I went back to Michigan and like stayed with my mom and got some time to just like reflect, spend time with family. So there were some good points that came out of it. Um, work on my business, you know, just do a lot of constructive things. And then toward the middle of, uh, 2020, things started getting really busy as far as work. Uh, like I said, my industry just adjusted quickly. Uh, I did a film called Holiday Heartbreak last summer mm, that yes. you know, we just had COVID tests every couple of days on set. We had, you know, kind of like, kind of in a bubble where, you know, we just stayed in DC, did our, you know, and just shot and that's it. So, uh, and then work started, you know, just coming and they started saying to just, you know, you have to go get your COVID tests, you know, you have to be COVID negative. And it was just part of the list of things you have to do now. You know, there's like a COVID compliant person on set now and we just we're still working, you know. Well, that, that's beautiful. I, I had to do uh, some self tapes myself. Uh, I even went to my agency's uh, office, CED, CESD's office, yeah. and they were closed. You know, no one in there. So yeah. everyone's got to do everyone's the auditions. From home. Yeah. yeah, everyone's got to do the auditions from home and everything. And I've had to, you know, set up green screen and all that stuff mm -hmm. in order to be able to do it. But uh, so I tell you what, let's uh, take the Wayback Machine. And tell us what it was like growing up in uh, in uh, Anna Harbor, Michigan. And, uh, you know, what was it like for you? Oh, growing up in Ann Arbor, Michigan was beautiful. Um, I had a, a great childhood um, with my siblings, my mother. There are five of us and um, we just are all very close. Um, Ann Arbor is called Ann Arbor because of 
arbor for trees. So like there are trees in nature everywhere. We had like um, a pond in our backyard and I was, I was kind of a tomboy grown up. So I grew up like catching frogs and snakes and um, lizards when we went down South. Uh, I was, you know, I was just, a, you know, a happy kid growing up there and um, into the arts and Arbor is a very artsy place. So, you know, just doing a lot of interesting, fun things to like explore, you know, myself and figure out what I wanted to do in life. Yeah. Well, how did you um, get into the arts? Um, so I've always kind of been an entrepreneur. I'll start there. Like I used to braid a uh, little girl's hair at, when I was like, I don't know, I must've been like 10, 11 years old when I started like braiding hair and charging $5 for braids. And then me and my <laughs> sister started a business called Sisters Three, mm-hmm. where we made jewelry and like sold it at festivals. And, you know, I designed the business cards and I was always drawing and just doing art, sketching, drawing, painting, anything artistic, I was always into it. And um, I would say that's how I got started. My mother always encouraged us to like, you know, really go after whatever we're interested in in that way. And she wasn't like, oh, you know, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer. It was like, you know, what do you want to do? And then just try to encourage that and fuel that and see that. So I would say that's what started it. And then um, then in high school, uh, I was, I had my own <laughs> like nail salon up in my room where I would do everybody's nails. Really? Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I was nails were prompt the designs and everything, you know. And, you were like, really enterprising. Yes, very, very, always. And um, yeah, so I did that and I would do hairstyles and, you know, charge everybody just a little bit and make a little, start making a little bit money like that and then babysitting. But um, but yeah, that's where it started. Uh, I think always inside, because I look back at like videos from like when we were kids and stuff. And I remember like we would do these plays and I, there was this one play that we did and I played like five or six different characters. I was like, wait, I was like an actor back then. I just didn't even know it. <laughs> I didn't realize that that's what I was supposed to be doing. So, you know, anything creative, I'm just, I've always been into it. Uh, all right. So growing up, you, you, you grew up not being as, uh, how can I say this? Uh, you, you sort of hid your beauty growing up. <laughs> Uh, uh, elaborate on that for us. I, I want to be delicate about it, and so no, no, it's okay. You can, you can. I mean, you asked me before. Uh, you know, you said, "How did you handle?" Yes, how did you handle being so attractive, so beautiful as a young lady? <laughs> did that work against you? Uh, and so, okay, so um, I grew up. I grew up in a strict Muslim household, and. Like I'm Muslim and the way that we grew up, I used to cover and like, you know, once you reach a certain age, you cover your hair, your body. So you don't really show off your beauty. It's kind of like you, you, you protect it, you save it, you know, for your husband one day. And, um, you know, you cover everything except your hands, your face and your feet. Right. So you, people don't see your hair. People don't see like your figure, your shape. Um, you wear clothing that's like modest, um, considered modest. And that's how I grew up. So, um, I didn't go through like high school and stuff dating. I didn't have boyfriends. I didn't have like any of the like high school drama. I was, I was a president of the black student union in high school. And, and when they voted for superlatives, I got voted everybody's best friend and most likely become president. So I didn't really have, um, I didn't really even deal with that. Like what you're talking about, oh, dude and stuff like that. It was just like, you know, I, I had my friends, I was a student. I was like, you know, just living life. 
And um, I kind of like after school, I came to New York and um, got discovered, I guess. And that's when I started like, you know, I started uncovering and like, you know, then shifted into like totally opposite <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Muslim bikini model. That's what uh, CNN did an article on me called Muslim bikini model. Wow. And um, so that was very interesting for like my dad, who is an imam, which is mm-hmm. a religious leader, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of like a preacher or a priest or like a rabbi. So my father is an imam. So he just is like totally against all of this. And um but you know I feel like I feel like uh I don't feel like like just being hijabi and covered and stuff like that I think that's actually a beautiful thing I think that if that's what people the woman wants to do then that's what she should do and because I know the reason behind it and you know it it can be beautiful but I also think the woman's body is a beautiful thing I think that um a woman's beauty is something that can be celebrated you know inner beauty and outer beauty and I don't think there's anything wrong either way so I just feel like people have to live their lives based on what they feel is right in their hearts and what aligns with their, with what they feel they want to do. So I just kind of like, you know, I grew up in a household just with everybody and, you know, just influenced by my family. And, um, and I, and I appreciate that. And I love the way that I grew up because it caused me to be very, very disciplined mm-hmm. in general, because, you know, it's just in the religion is so much discipline that happens and, it kind of like set my framework for life. And um, so I really appreciate my upbringing. And then when I came to New York and started um, just saying, oh, okay. Like, that's why nobody from high school rec- recognizes me. Nobody from college. <laughs> like, <"Hey>, <laughs> They're like, marry him? So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of been, it's, it's different, but it's kind of like a way to like read, like invent yourself and, um, you know, I'm I'm okay with who I am right now, you know, constantly growing and, you know, it might change tomorrow. Um, but, you know, this is where I am right now. <laughs> wow. That's uh, beautiful. Uh, I have one other question to ask in regards to this, and I want to be very, uh, uh, you know, respectful in, in asking, because I'm sure that there's some listeners who may have, the, you know, wondered the same thing. Uh, if, if a woman is uh, wearing the hijab and, and she's strictly covered, how does uh, how does she or how does a a man fall in love with a woman that he really can't see? Is it all mental? Is it all uh, in? Uh, I mean, how does that connection uh, get made? Well, the hijab it doesn't mean like. I mean, I wore, I covered my hair. People, you know, you can see my face. You can see like my general build. You know, <laughs> like you can. Well, see. I, I've I've seen women who. Yeah, some women do like the complete face veil and everything. Yes, yes. I, My mom yes. used to do that at one very brief point <laughs> in mm-hmm. her life. Um, but yeah, that a lot of that happens through like. So the way you you rely on like your family and okay, it's kind of known, like I had, I have two brothers and Mm -hmm. three sisters and (laughs) I didn't even know this until kind of recently. My brother said that all these guys would just come around because they wanted to like marry his sister, you know, (laughs) 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 and I thought they were just his friends, you know, he he said, no, those guys just, he said they would befriend us. And then, you know, they, there's just like a system, you know, there's the mosque, there's the, um, there's the Uma, which is a community. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like, 
you know, you kind of like, no, the, a lot of Muslim people, they, they get married really young, which, you know, there are pros and cons to that. But, um, you know, people, there's a way you can connect with each other. You can still talk. You can, it starts off through like your father, like the person's supposed to go and like talk to your father and say, you know, may I talk to your daughter, you know, like that, if they're interested and they want to like set intentions and, you know, then they start talking. Sometimes they connect, sometimes they don't. It's kind of like dating, but it's kind of a little bit more regulated, <laughs> but it's, it's still, it's still kind of like dating. And, um, and, you know, they still they get to know each other. And I think it's it's good to get to know beyond the physical and, you know, to have some surprises, mm-hmm. you know, and not just like let everything out on the table all the time. Right, right, right. So, um, I agree. There's a system and some people follow it. Some people don't, you know, some people just still date. Some people still, you know, <laughs> do whatever they want to do. Um, yeah. Well, thank you very much for for sharing that with us. Uh, but they can fall in love. They can fall in love. Trust me, without seeing your hair. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, so now you you get to New York City, and you mentioned you were discovered. How mm-hmm. were you discovered? Where were you? What were you doing? Who came up to you and said what? Okay. So it was it was. I was working, I had a job set up already before I moved to New York as a receptionist at this e-commerce consulting firm. And so I was, I went downstairs like for my lunch, for my lunch. I think it was like a nine to 12, nine to one job or whatever. So I was done with work and I went downstairs to, um, to the bank and the security guard at the bank was like, are you a model? Are you an actor? Like, I was like, no. And then he was like, well, you're pretty enough. You should like really look into that. And that kind of put the bug in my ear. So, yeah. And then I just started working with more agencies and um, and then just started booking work. And then I was like, it just became like a thing that I loved acting. I loved modeling. And um, and it just the more I grew, I started like taking classes and just started learning more about it. And I was like, you know, it was kind of like the path of least resistance. It was just immediate work, immediate, you know, income and i'm just like all right let me just follow this and see what happens mm-hmm. started getting more work better work and then it just it just grew from there you know so you you actually uh did a lot of modeling all over the the world uh <laughs> for various uh uh, uh campaigns mm-hmm. name some of the the campaigns that you've done as a print model so um for print i've done stuff for um well I did recently something for L'Oreal, but that was like L'Oreal print and like new media. So they use social media and uh, um, for print, I've done uh, DSW shoes, um, Walmart, from Walmart to um, CVS print. Um, I'm drawing a blank right now. I got to pull up my list. <laughs> <laughs> well, so <laughs> we- my file. Sometimes I do all this stuff and then I just forget about it. You know, yeah, I've done I know. Like a couple of hair boxes, you know, like the, the perm boxes, um, right. the hair color boxes, um, Clairol. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, uh, we've we seen you then actually in, in quite a few uh, of yeah, these sort of campaigns. Yeah. yeah and I've and- done print like for different magazines. I did a Dasani ad, like a Dasani print that was like, all these magazines, Essence, mm-hmm. um, uh, drawing a blank. <laughs> well, that's all right. I, we get the idea. And then after the break, well, yeah, I think we'll yeah. break. Up. <laughs> uh, in fact, we've got about two minutes before we do go to break. Yes. Uh, and um, I, I just want to uh, remind our uh, listeners and viewers that uh, you're listening our to. <laughs> Yes, our audience. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander? And we have the uh, lovely and talented Miss Miriam Basir. 
And uh, we're going to talk about her film career when we come back, as well as her new TV show and her new, uh, well, I wouldn't say new because she's been an entrepreneur for so long from what, from <laughs> what we just learned. Uh, she's got a, a business here in Harlem also that is very popular. And we'll talk about that when we come back as well. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so very much. And I want to remind you also that you can subscribe to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander at all of your favorite uh, platforms where you get your podcasts and uh, be on the lookout because soon, in fact, this particular show will also be on our TV channel coming up soon uh, with... uh, many more surprises for you. So stick around and don't forget to share uh, harlemamerica.com with your friends. I'm G. Keith Alexander, and we'll be right back. Please don't go away. Harlem, Harlem, America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my tech. Where Chase is advancing Black Pathways. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Coca-Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Yes, welcome back with uh, Miriam. Uh, Miriam, so you've your work has taken you all around the world, and you've traveled to such countries as Japan, Paris, south of France, Italy, Thailand, Indonesia, and, and many others. Are, do you have any any great stories you can uh, tell us about your oh. travels? Oh my gosh, um, there's so many stories. You know, when I go to other countries, I just kind of try to uh, I just go with the local customs, and you know. Try not to act like an American. I just try to, like, you know, <laughs> try to just, you know, I sit on the floor, I eat, you know, whatever the whatever the custom is. And um, okay, I remember one time. I'll talk about this time when I was um, in the south of France, uh, going canyon canyoneering, which is like um, you're you're jumping off of like these rocks into the water, and you have on like a full wetsuit, a helmet, and um, wow. And uh, like these boots that they give you. And I was there with a friend and um, 
we were jumping like we would go you would go to like one rock you would go through these mountain like river things mm-hmm. and you would jump off of one that was like kind of low they mm-hmm. start you there and then you go higher and higher and higher so the the, the last one that we went to <laughs> it was um it was about three and a half stories high right where mm-hmm. you're jumping off of a cliff into the water and they tell you how to jump like you're supposed to jump straight up you're supposed to do this like they teach you all the ways and the person i was with was like okay uh you're on your own i'm not gonna jump off of that one <laughs> most of the people didn't jump off of that one i'm a daredevil like i'll do you know well i used to be like anything skydiving whatever all that really wow. uh-huh i've done all that but okay so for this i was like i like to just challenge myself I'm like, okay, i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it it's like four stories high like just imagine jumping off like a four-story building mm-hmm and so no i can't imagine but go ahead <laughs> and, then water and they tell you i remember i ran i said okay i'm just gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. i ran <laughs> and i jumped and i forgot everything that i learned about how i was supposed to jump. my arms started flailing in there i was just like ah! <laughs> <laughs> i landed so hard in that water it could not have been healthy for me and my sister who's a nurse she's like why did you do that Marianne? you could have got brain damage like all that stuff so I don't risk my life quite as much anymore, but I remember that time. It was, I was like, I shouldn't, like I, that was too, you know how you do something and I was like, okay, that was too far. Yeah. 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 Well, 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 well tell I me about, that I did it now. Tell me about the, the skydiving part. Now, oh. when, when you're up that high and you're mm-hmm. coming down, oh what's God. going through your mind at that point? Okay. So you just got to put everything out of your mind at, at some point point. just be like, look, I'm just going to do this, whatever happens happen, and accept your fate. So we were like, I think 16,000 feet in the air and um, we're jumping out. So we jump, boom, we jump out. And it's like, ah! <laughs> it's like air coming at your face. Like, it's like air is just so hard in your face. And it's just not even pleasant. It's not fun. Right. And, um, and then boom, they let the, the thing go. The, um, the parachute. Yeah. The parachute. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and then it's like, wow, it was so peaceful. It's like you're just floating in the air. Really? And, um, and it doesn't even feel like you're moving, actually. It just feels like you're just flying, just like, just just in the air. And then the ground is just coming closer and closer and closer to you. It's so beautiful. So the experience of like the craziness where it's like, ah, and your face is like, blow, you know, you see the pictures and the videos yeah, yeah. just blowing <laughs> and you can't even, they're unrecognizable. That's how I was in my pictures. But um. But yeah, once you get to the floating parts, it feels like you're just floating and it's so peaceful. You can see the entire world beneath you. And then like the the ground is just like, okay, it's like the ground is, you're not even going down. The ground is just coming closer and closer and closer to you. And then you land a little bit harder. You think, mm-hmm. you don't realize you're going as fast as you're going down. Mm-hmm. And then when you land, it's like, you know, you run, <laughs> whatever. But the, the part that was the best was just like when I was just floating, like, wow, like looking at the earth. So oh, beautiful experience. <clears throat> So that was just one. Know. That was just a one-time thing, though. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not. I don't need to go back. Like, I'm most I'm okay, when you're done that. I don't need to do it again because <laughs> the uh, next time I might not survive it. So I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. I survived that. Congratulations. Let me move on. So tell us about your um, your television experience. Did, did did television come before films, or or, or which was first? It kind of like all just happened at one time. Like you audition, you're auditioning for a TV show, you're auditioning for a film. Um, yeah, it's just like when you get an agent, that's like film and TV. It's like legit work, film and TV. It's both, you know, so you could book a TV show, you could book, you know, like a guest star role, or you could book like a film. You start meeting people who are doing independent films and then start working on independent films and stuff like that. So it's all kind of together. It was never like, oh, I just did. Um, but then once I started doing more um, 
more like like legitimate, like more like the law and orders, the um, the shy stuff like that. It's like, okay, you're getting like these serious walk on roles on these major TV shows, you know, Chicago PD. And then it's like, okay, now it's time for like a film. And then I did like my first big lead role in a film um, on BET, which was huge. Um, that was last year. So like, I guess you could say that I transitioned from like those TV roles to like mm-hmm. that film role. And then from that um, brings me to Lace, which is like, now I'm starring in my own, you know, TV show. So I guess it is kind of like a process like that TV. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 what was it like working with uh, Collier? Oh my gosh, he's crazy. I love him. Michael Collier, he played my father in Holiday Heartbreak. Um, he's insane and I love it. Like he was so funny on set and um, he carried a lot of weight because he was number one on the call sheet. He was the star of the film, the male lead and I was a female lead. I was number two and um, it was, you know, it, it carried a lot of weight for him. So he was like nervous about it, you know, cause this was his first time like being number one on the call sheet and, um, and it was a big deal. So even though he was nervous, he like pushed through everything. He was so serious about the role. Like he would, we would practice for hours, our scenes before we actually shot it, like a day or two before we shot the scene, we really got into the character, you know, because he played my father, we had to establish that relationship. And he was just very serious about the role and I respected, and he did a great job. His acting, he did a great job in the film. Yeah, and for those who don't know Michael Collier, he's uh, a great comedian. Yes, and, he's a comedian. Uh, oh, he's really, really funny. And he yeah. also has a, uh, I think he has a radio show. Yes, he does. I've been on yeah. his show. Yep, he has a radio show and like an Instagram live thing that he does. He has a uh, YouTube uh, link thing that he does. And, you know, he's very committed to that as well. But yeah, no, he um, he's a comedian too. Like a lot of times he would say like comedians in Hollywood, they get like these walk on roles or like, you know, these quick roles in films. But like, mm-hmm. um, this was like a comedian's chance to like show they can do like legit. Um, and by legit, I just mean like uh, serious straight acting, you know? which the comedy bits came out, but a lot of it was just like, he had to be very emotional. So it was, he did a great job. So <laughs> um, how did you get Lace? Now you're, you're starring in Lace. This is your starring role. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm Lacey Lace McCullough from Lace, yes. <laughs> okay, and you play an attorney. Yes, yes, yes. A high-powered attorney. Uh, and this, uh, okay, so now who who else is in the cast with you? So Sky Black is in the cast with me, who's an incredible talent. Um, Terrell, Terrell Carter, he plays my husband. Sky Black plays an attorney that's uh, kind of like, he works for McCullough & Associates, uh, my firm. And there's like a lot of crazy tension and drama that goes on um, between that. Uh, Tanyelle Wavers is in it. She's from Queen Sugar. She's um an incredible talent. She also works at my firm mm-hmm. and uh, so many different talented people are working on it um, with me. Yeah. And and this is going to be on the all black network. Yes. Which is like an AMC plus if you know, um, it used to be called the UMC, which was like the urban movie channel, but in 2021, they rebranded the entire network to call it all black. And, um, and it's an AMC streaming network that's because everybody now wants to be associated with black black okay. right black is in again okay black again. And black, black is beautiful matters. black life matters you know so so yeah so 
So you got the major corporations now rebranding themselves, uh, and that's beautiful. So okay. now your so your your show Lace mm-hmm. will will debut when. So Lace is premiering at the American Black Film Festival. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Black. Oh, did we say right. Black? By the way. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's at the ABFF, the American Black Film Festival, November 4th is premiering there and then it'll air after that on the network. So we're really, really excited about that. This is a show that this is the first time that I got because you said, how do I how did I get it? So um, one day I got a phone call from my manager and he said, you know, there's these people they want to meet you. And, you know, there's a show called Lace. And I'm like, OK, he's like, they want to talk to you today. <laughs> he was like, I was like, oh. And he said, you know, I told them, like, send me the script and then we'll look at it and then um, we'll talk on Monday. Right. It was a Friday. Mm-hmm. And so I, I read the script. And from the first page, I said, I have to do this. I have to do this. It is so good. From page yeah. one, I said, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, I've seen it. But a lot of times you see like these, you know. How can I put this? OK, so like you see it, you see films like that, but you don't see us. You don't see black people doing things like this. You did know? you say black? Black, I did yes. say black. Okay. Black. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you don't see, you, 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 this was something, this was an opportunity for us to be able to, to show drama in a way that I hadn't seen it before, you know, personally. And so it was, it was a great opportunity for me to be like, yes, I want to be a part of this. I have to do this. And, you know, when I met with the, the creators, um, uh, Katrina and Michelle, it was it was like a no brainer. And when I met with them, they said, you know, we found our lace like we had been looking. The most important piece was like we needed lace and then we'll figure out the rest of the cast. And they said, I guess they looked into me, Katrina. She found me somehow. And. And she looked into me and just started researching me and stuff like that. And then, you know, I, I was on a list, I guess. And then something just made them say, OK, we want Miriam for this. And um, and I, you know, I didn't audition for it. It was more so just like it was conversation. And, you know, we talked about it. And then I did some some role, some work for them as far as like um, just some videos and pictures for like the mood board and whatnot. But mm-hmm. but, yeah, it was mine. It was always mine. I believe that, you know, I believe in manifestation. I believe in, you know, like what's yours is meant for you and nothing can take that away from you. And whatever's also on the other way, not meant for you, nothing could happen for you to get it. So I just kind of relax with mine and say, you know, if it's meant for me, it's meant for me. And this is one of those things that was meant for me. And then when I read the script, the writers are just so talented and the creators, it's just such a dramatic, intense story with so many pieces. And each of the characters have their own storyline. And, you know, it's kind of like, even though I am, um the lead of the show and they're the characters are so rich you know they each have their stories so it's 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 great there's so many things going on with it and people are gonna love it it's actually all black networks flagship show um networks flagship show so it's like they're putting a lot behind this and i remember the first time we had the meeting with like the whole cast and, like everyone was there like amc was there like everyone was there just watching like what's gonna happen i, I didn't find this out until after the fact because i was just really? kind of like reading my lines and we had to read like the entire season Mm -hmm. it took us a few hours like to sit down and read the entire season like with the whole cast you know like a table read it's called yes 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 because of cold so um so yeah so it's it's such an exciting venture and then as we were shooting when i got to la and you know day one i'm like okay 
we're doing this. You know what I mean? And we go in and do it. And it's, it's just, I'm so impressed by everything. I'm just like, wow, this is even better than I thought it was going to be. And the way that they shot it, some of the, like the shots that I saw were just gorgeous. And um, Jamal Hill, the director is also very talented and he was able to pull out the emotions from the actors. And um, I remember my first shot of the entire series, I had Mm -hmm. to identify a body, you know, somebody that was close to me and I had to like, really well up the emotions in my first scene i started like crying really really oh good that makeup and they were like no no that's all her <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that's great okay yes, it was a great experience we shot so, that, so that shows that you you've got acting chops okay <laughs> yeah okay uh so uh are we gonna love this character or are oh we going to hate this character or are we going to love, hate this character? Yes, that, that part. <laughs> love, <laughs> hate. hate. This character. Like she's, she, Lacey McCullough is willing to do whatever she has to do to, to ensure the success of her clients. Her clientele is very, it consists of like high powered people, you know, and she has to protect those clients by any, by any means, you know? So she does that. And in that, she's going to make a lot of enemies, which she has a lot of enemies. She has people against her. She has people who are close to her who doesn't realize are her enemies, but she's always one step ahead. So the fact that like, she's always, um, she has like a major like guard up and she's able to just like put people in their place and this and that. You're also going to see a vulnerable side of her as well, which is going to cause you to love her as well. You know, but some people are going to hate her. Some people already hate her. <laughs> All right. So once again, this is going to debut when November fourth. November fourth on the All Black Network. Black. <laughs> okay. Great. Great. So, what was it like working with uh, people like Denzel and uh, Wesley Snipes? Oh my gosh! I I remember when I worked with um with Denzel, I was so nervous because it was Denzel Washington, and um, I'll tell you this little story. Okay, so when I was on set, I was running around telling everybody this joke, right? It was just like such a corny joke. And like Denzel Washington was just standing there one day next to me and he's like, so Detroit, huh? And I'm like, how did you know I was from Detroit? You know, like I was born in Detroit, raised in Ann Arbor. Mm -hmm. So he was like, you know, you told me the other day. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, Denzel Washington, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I was just trying to be cool, right? So I said, "Um, it smells like updog in here. And he goes, what is up, dog? And I was like, nothing much with you. What's up? He said, um, I said, nothing much. Nothing much. What's up with you, dog? And then he was just like, and then I just ran away. So um, <laughs> that was my experience. I was well, like, I, I got to tell you, <clears throat> excuse me. It was a horrible joke. And I was just getting ready to say, <clears throat> pardon me. I got a frog in my throat. <clears> throat> pardon me. I was just getting ready to say that uh, that joke wasn't too funny, but but I, I laughed anyway. See, it gets you to laugh. It works. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, and, then, and then what about Wesley? No, uh, Wesley's just cool. He's just cool. I mean, it was just like, you know, when I walked in a trailer and I just saw Wesley Snipes there, it's like, I rarely get starstruck because I get around, you know, I'm, I'm around a lot of, you know, different celebrities and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, certain people you grow up seeing and like you respect them and it's just like, you realize that these people are just cool. Just like, you know, you and me, they're flesh and blood, you know, and, you know, he's just, he was just a very cool, even tempered guy. And um, I have a lot of respect for these people, but just like watching people like Denzel was like in character the entire time, or like, you know, even when they yell cut, you know, you, you I just learn, I learn from them, you know? And um, because these are people like, 
you grew up, you watch them as a kid on TV, on movies, and then you're just like, wow. And then now you're working with these people. It's it's incredible to just watch them. Well, I always admire the fact that that they can stay in character for so long. Yeah. I, I worked on the film The Intern with Robert De Niro, and I, I had a few scenes with him. And <clears throat> excuse me, it was amazing how he stayed in character even after, you know, the, the director yelled cut. He still stayed in character. And, and uh, I, I thought that was pretty amazing. I've, I've never done that, but because some of my characters are really like mean. Mm-hmm. And but I'm like going to explore that next time. I think I'm going to explore that because there's something to that. I'm able to like snap in and out of it. You know, I'm able to just like um, go to myself and then just like go to the character. Um, when they say I just I'm able to like get in the mode and just be like, OK. Not go back to you know being me but Mm -hmm. there's something behind that being character the entire time well miriam we've got uh, 30 seconds before our uh we go to break again i want to remind folks that we're here with miriam basir and you're going to see her in lace on the all black network coming up soon and we'll be right back to talk about more of her experiences as well as her business here in harlem we'll be right back the home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America, the home of Coca-Cola Zero. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. You're listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out, check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. So, uh, Miriam, you are... I'm, I'm, I'm sure that... Um, Lace is going to take up a lot of your time, but do you have any other projects uh, in the pipeline? Yes, I have some things brewing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is a film that I'm going to be shooting next month. Um, I can't really talk about it yet. Okay. But um, that there's a film I'm going to be shooting in July. And I'm up for a couple different things right right now that, you know, again, once until everything's signed, sealed, and delivered, you can't really talk about it. But yeah, there's definitely stuff going on. Um, I'm self-taping all the time and auditioning and stuff like that. So there are some exciting things coming up um, that hopefully I'll be able to reveal very soon. (laughs) See, see, that's why I said that you're what's hot. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say too, we were talking over the break about just like the characters and being in character the whole time. And I was going to say that stuff, even though like I want to explore it, you kind of like, it can take over. You know what I mean? It can make you a little bit cray cray. You know what I mean? It can make you, <laughs> like, if you just stay too much in that character. I can, personally, I have to like step out of it sometimes and say, and just like, you know, woosah it out. But yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there's some people that, uh, you know, the character takes over their persona, not just the persona, but who, who they are for a while. And uh, they have to kind of shake it off. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. After yeah. each scene, you got to kind of shake it off in a way. Um, or after the day, I should say, not each scene. Like after the day, you just kind of have to say, you know, there has to be like some kind of regimen, at least for me. I can't speak for everybody, but I have to just be able to, okay, just drain you know all that stuff from the day and just like you know in order to have the energy to start fresh for the next day because so much energy goes into being that person like it's an entire human with a background with a story with a family all that that you're creating so mm -hmm. it's like um it does it does require a lot of energy i always ask my guests is there anything that you've had to to give up in order to be the success that you are the, to be the 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 uh, performer uh, that you are. Is there anything that you had to give up, or or something that you feel like you left behind, or anything like that? That's a really good question. I don't. I feel like life happens in steps. Of okay, this is what's happening in your life. This was happening in your life, and. Um, and it kind of like is already written, like whatever's going to happen for you. So there was never anything that was going to happen, you know, that didn't happen in my life. So, but I feel like you do have to give up in that moment. You have to be vulnerable and just give up any kind of protection. You like that you're protecting your emotions, you're protecting, like in life we go through where we just like, okay, let me just keep it together. You know, <laughs> even whatever you're going through. Like, right, 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 right. Together. <laughs> But with acting, you got to let all that go. Let it go. And just really access those emotions and just let them go. You have to just be able to say, okay. And, and, and it's great. I realize acting is actually very therapeutic because you can use all the things that are happening in your life and just kind of like say, replace it with this stuff. <laughs> you just start crying. <laughs> you're like, okay. that's why you're able to like get those tears. Right, so right, right. Give up. What is the opposite of vulnerability? Whatever that is, that's what you have to give up. And, and just be completely vulnerable if you want to really be in it, you know, stop trying to protect it. It's just like, they say it's like just being like, you know, naked in front of like a huge crowd, you know, that's how vulnerable you have to be emotionally. Emotionally. So. Yeah. Uh, whatever the, the character is, you've got to become that character. I, I used to tell my, when I used to teach voiceovers, I'd tell my students, don't read it, be it. Be it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and in order to do that, you have to get rid of all the, you know, pr protections and stuff around you, you know, yeah. You're taught to have in our lives. You have to, like, unlearn that stuff. You know, Mariska Hargitay, who's um, plays Officer Benson on Law & Order SVU, mm -hmm. she directed, like, this episode that I was on, and she was one of the best directors I've ever worked with. She just told me, she said, you know, um, she told me so many things. And uh, she was like my number one cheerleader. She was just so great. And one thing that she told me was like, you just don't even act, you know, you don't need to act. And, you know, that's the one thing I've heard also is like, 
don't act, just be, just do, just be, just say it, just say the words, like how you would say it, think about it and like feel it and then just say it. You don't have to act because you think like, <laughs> you know, that's when it's acting. You know, nobody talks like that in real life. Right. <laughs> told me, she said, you have everything. You have everything. She said, you remind me of myself. I'll never forget Mariska. She said, you have everything you need. She said, you have the beauty, you have the voice, you have the body, you have everything you need. The personality to be successful, to be a big star in this industry. is what she told me. And she said, you just got to just let go and just, just, um, just say it, you know? And that's the hardest part when there are hundreds of people around you, camera, lighting, you know, the sound people, extras, everybody's around you watching you and it's like, okay, action. And the camera's right here on you. That's when you're like, okay, you have to, to just let it go and just be vulnerable. That's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. It, you just made me think of something when you said, uh, you know, the cameras and everyone are, uh, are around while you're shooting your scene. Uh, does does Lace get a uh, sex scene? Yeah, several. Several. <laughs> and you got all the camera people <laughs> looking and, and <laughs> what was that like? Oh, my gosh. Um, so, I mean, so Terrell, the guy who plays my husband, is wonderful like he's great he he's makes me feel so comfortable you know you have conversations beforehand plus you know ever since like the me too they have like a um kind of like a sensitivity coordinator there like a, um, a love scene coordinator who um who like just watches whole thing facilitates the whole thing it's just kind of mm-hmm. there to make you feel comfortable to just say is everything okay so um so it's not it's not bad. It's it's kind of like it's not really sexual in a way because it's kind of like all these people are around you just watching right, you. Right. <laughs> so I mean, my I, I, there are some very attractive, beautiful men on this show. Like that's one thing that they said. They said we're gonna get people who can act, but we're gonna get hot people who can act. <laughs> you know, so hot people on this show and you know there's some very steamy sex scenes there's like shower scene there's like a, the bed scene there's this one scene where I literally have to perform the act <laughs> with my husband and then they switch him out because it's like a fantasy of somebody else so that they, they literally right then switch the guy out <laughs> have to switch, and then they switch so there it, it's interesting wow because, huh what did you say I said wow <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. but like I said, with the drum, there's a lot of really crazy things that go on with that show. So, um, so it's not you know, it's, everything's very tasteful, you know, tastefully done. But yeah, the sex scenes are they're fine because you talk to the, the person you're. You say, what are you? Are you un- the guys usually say, you know, are you uncomfortable? Is there anywhere that you don't that's sensitive that you don't want me to touch or you know? And you kind of like you know, there are things to block things. And you know. I, I was just going to ask you, is there a towel between the two of you? You know, that sort of thing. Sky, the guy, Sky, he's, um, he has a way of doing it where he does it, whatever to himself. <laughs> Listen, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes things can fall off. It can get very, so it's just like, you know, it's, it's weird. But like I said, it's not really, it's work. You know what I mean? It's work. At the end of the day, it's professional. It's like, you know, everybody's watching. It's not like you're, you know, I don't understand how people can like get so into it. And there are like all these people around watching. You can't really get into it in that way. It's more so like, okay, it's work. Okay. Now cut, you know? (laughs) So then sometimes I'm like, okay, cut, cut. Uh, wow, that's interesting. So, uh, so before we were talking about your entrepreneurial spirit, uh, 
Yes. And you have brought that entrepreneurial spirit to New York, to Harlem. Yeah, uh, to start a business. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, say what? I'd love to start a business, yes. Yes. So, so tell us about your business here in Harlem. So I have a, a microblading studio called uh, Highbrow. Highbrow Microblading and SMP, which is Scout Micropigmentation. So it's basically like um, I, it's like drawing eyebrow tattoos into people's eyebrows to thicken their eyebrows. And it's kind of like, it lasts like up to three years. And it's like, I draw these tiny little fine hair strokes into their eyebrows Hmm. because I've always been into drawing. I've always been into like, you know, makeup, beauty, all that kind of stuff. So it was a natural transition. I was on set of um, a commercial in Michigan when I, when I heard about microblading and I heard somebody said, um, somebody said this lady, she does microblading. She charges like $600. 650 and she's booked out until September. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I've always been like obsessed with eyebrows. And so when I started researching microblade, I said, oh my gosh, this is a thing. Like it was incredible. The fact that like you can actually, because there are people who are like, can't, I've had clients who are like cancer survivors and they lost their eyebrows. I have people who just never had eyebrows. People who like wake up and put dry their eyebrows on before they see their husband in the morning. And they're like insecure really? about that. Yeah. And um, people won't go anywhere without their eyebrows, but they have to draw them on. Some people can't draw. Some people don't just draw like <laughs> rainbow. And um, so this is a, a solution for people who just don't have eyebrows or they just want to have perfect eyebrows all the time. Um, they come to me and they get this service called microblading. And it's, it's just become popular over the last few years. When I heard about it on set, I, um, I was like, you know, it's nice to have something, even like you're an actor, you're an artist, but it's nice to have something like stable to have like the income flowing in as well. Exactly. So this is my thing. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to look into that. I called around and I found an instructor. I went and got classes, uh, certifications, insurance, everything done. This was like about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I just started doing it. I just started my business and I said, I'm going to start a business. It's called Highbrow and it's microblading uh, service. And then I started doing SMP, which is scalp micropigmentation, where it like draws little hair follicle dots in men's scalp to make it look like, like they meant to shave their head instead of like oh, really daddy ball spot or it fills in bald spots. Uh-huh. Very, you should Google it. It's great. And, um, and my, my business is, you know, I rent out a studio in Harlem on 135th and 7th Avenue. And um, a lot of people come to me. If you Google highbrow microblading or just microblading in Harlem, you'll see I have like all five star reviews. People love the service. And um, you can see like pictures of what it what it actually is. And it's it's incredible. It's life changing for people. And that's the best part to me. It's like I can be an artist. I can do something. I can, you know, set my own hours and um, do it like when I'm not shooting, I can be doing that. You know, it's not like a nine to five. I've never been, I've never had like a nine to five ever in my, in my life. So um, this is something that, you know, I just love doing it. I love the transformational nature. I love when the women say, oh my God, they cry sometimes. And it just really? makes it feel so good to be helping them to be more confident in themselves. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yes. Well, uh, so then men can can get mustaches. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. If they, I had a, um, they, if they're like sparse here, you can draw little hairs, and nobody will ever know. <laughs> it's actually, really? Wow. Yeah. It's uh, fascinating when you you don't because they're micro. They're very very thin. They look just like there. Some people are like, is that a hair or is that like a stroke that you drew? And you know, if you look at my Instagram, it's highbrow official. H i b r o w, highbrow official. Um, then you can see like the before and afters and like what actually it looks like. And it's like so worth it because people don't have to touch their eyebrows. Um, they just wake up like that and, you know, they're good. 
they come to me maybe like a year and a half later for a touch up sometimes or whenever they want to touch up, but you know, it's kind of, it's semi-permanent. So. That's very interesting. So, all right. So now we're winding down and this has been such a wonderful uh, conversation with you and uh, to be here to, to sit with you (laughs) and and talk about all of this. Uh, Is there anything you want to do that, you know, that you haven't done yet? Oh, there's so much that I want to do that I haven't done yet. <laughs> there's. Well, I'll, I'll let you finish your question. Like, was that well, no, no, I, I, I was just going to say we've got about a minute and a half. So if you're going to tell me what it is you want to do, you can't tell me everything. Not everything, yes. but yeah. um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to win an Oscar. Okay. okay. I'm going to hold you to that. Yes. We're going to manifest that. Okay. Uh, when, you, to- when you go up there to get the Oscar, I want you to say hi to G. Keith Alexander. Hey, G. Keith. What's there up? You okay. Shout <laughs> out. Um, yeah, I want to, I want to visit every single country in the world. Mm. Um, even if I just step my foot in there, I've been to like 20, 23, 24 countries already. And I just want to visit all of them. Wow. Um, I want to, uh, it's so crazy. Cause like some of the things that I say, I want to do, like, I want to start my own TV series, like that's happening. You know, I want to shoot many seasons of lace. I want that to grow. Um, well, we'll, I want, to- well, we, we'll have to leave it right there because okay. we have uh, come to an end of this wonderful conversation. And I mm-hmm. want to thank you so very, very much. We look forward to seeing you on Lace and, mm-hmm. uh, and seeing some of those sex scenes, of course. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so thank you so very much, Miriam Desir. <laughs> thank you. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I'll see you next Friday on What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. And don't forget to tell your friends, go to harlemamerica.com for a whole lot of wonderful surprises. Thank you so much. Have a great day and a better one tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.